Welcome to the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast, where we help you establish yourself in the perfect micro niche so you will get noticed and grow your business faster. And now your host, he believes that generosity is the key to any business growth, especially in micro niches, Zeev Raviv. Hello and welcome to the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast. This is episode 9. I'm super stoked today. I get to interview Adri Angotti from iConsciousCompanies.com. Adri, you help businesses find their niche, find what's special about them, their USP, and position themselves for success. This is so exciting to talk with you, Adri. Hi, how are you? I am good and I'm very, very happy to be here. And I might be a little controversial presence or bring some controversial ideas for us to discuss. Uh, we love controversial and contrarian approaches. And that's uh, one of the reasons why I love your work so much. You have this natural talent on identifying big ideas and stories. But we'll get to that. First of all, like you chose a micro niche for yourself, for your, after years in the branding and in marketing, you chose to focus on conscious companies. What is that all about? Yeah, many things already in this question. It's actually, I didn't really choose conscious companies. I believe that there are different kinds of companies, companies that are there for profit only and companies that are there with a mission and for profit as well. So I didn't, I wasn't born a company and I wasn't born a brand. So it goes back a long time. It can't sound funny, but when I was a kid, my father was very strict. He was the son of two Italian immigrants that were very strict with him. So he was very strict with us. And I had to learn when I was very young how to convince my dad to let me do things. So I didn't really do, and this is the big distinction here. I didn't really do anything. I didn't really say anything that wasn't true. I just took the truth and made the truth be seen. So I was, I would tell him like I was a good girl. I was, I had very good grades. I went to the church and I was a good sister to my brother, my sister. So I would come to him with all these things that I had done good. And in the end, I would say, now I would make my offer, right? I would say, now, can I go to this party? And you know, he would, a lot of the time, say yes. So I learned that I needed, if I didn't say all of these things, I would not be able to do what I wanted. Was that a natural thing for you or did someone teach you that? No, no, it was not natural. I had to learn. I had to learn by myself. Yeah. I always loved. TV and I always loved commercials. Actually, when people would start talking in the, in the commercials, I would really come close to the television because I wanted to see because where I was uh, brought up in Brazil, commercials are very revered because the Brazilian creativity is very high and we need to make a lot of things work with sometimes not so much money. So we needed to be good at creating of convincing with ideas. But the point is that when I was 16 and I needed to decide what I was going to do 
in college, uh, my cousin said, why don't you go into advertising? And I never, ever, ever had thought of going into advertising. And I said, what is advertising? She said, well, you know, the people that create commercials and they create billboards. I was so fascinated with the idea that somebody was sitting there creating things because I had never thought of that. And so I decided I was going to do that. However, and here comes the, the answer to your question. I was in the shopping center with very happy that I had decided what I was going to do and to be in my life. And I, I saw McDonald's and, and I knew that McDonald's was not such a, like a good food for me, you know? And also I started thinking of drinks and cigarettes that are things that are not good. And I started thinking, what if they, what if they want me to create commercials for cigarettes and, and drinks? And I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm never going to do that. After all, I don't think this advertising thing is for me. And I was for some time really sad because of all my passion that I had for advertising. However, I needed to decide. I was very close to the date of deciding I needed to, to register into the, the schools, etc. And I decided to create a rationale for myself. I decided to go into advertising to learn how to do this craft and to propagate only good ideas and combat the bad ideas. I was 16 when I thought of that. You found the so way... The conscious companies is not that I chose it. It's almost like it chose me because I have been like this since a, a very young age. I see. And, and But uh, these days you actually like exclusively serve conscious companies. And in, over time you've made some decisions to harsh in the, your criteria of what is a conscious company. So I understand it came from your heart, but you've made some conscious decisions about conscious companies. Yeah. So can you tell us what is a conscious company from your standpoint? And why I decided. A conscious company essentially is a company that is, is doing well by doing good for people or for the planet. The reason I chose it is because when I went into advertising and I studied and I started working in big agencies, I worked in, in four different continents and, and all very big advertising agencies. And I was a, a big executive flying to different places and shooting commercials and winning awards for companies that I, they were terrible. And this was all against what I had gone in. For. And what started happening is that after many years doing that, I started getting sick. I started getting sick like every few days, like every 10 days, I would feel, I would fall sick. And I didn't, I actually didn't want to go to work because I was not on purpose. And that's when I started seeing that something deeper was happening because my body was, my body is a big thermometer. And I started serving clients on the side, you know, and I, I started suddenly realizing that there was this whole arsenal of other brands and, and companies that were really good. It was almost like a, a paradigm shock for me, you know. So what would you define these days? Like, how do you know if a company is doing good for the world or for, for people? 
how do I know if a company is doing good? Yeah. What do you mean? You chose to work with companies that are more conscious. And that is something that is sometimes hard to tell from the outside. Like, it's easy to say, oh, they're making this piece of food that is actually really bad for you, right? But how do you know? Maybe give some examples of companies that you work with and that you really appreciate how conscious they are. I don't believe that companies that, that are born unconscious, they can do a few things and be called conscious. Because I think a lot of companies are doing that because there is a wave that is cool of companies that are doing good for the planet or being sustainable. So I personally believe in companies that are born out of a necessity to create this, to, to make this statement that this is how the status quo is doing and this is how we're going to do. Sometimes even having less profit, but keeping a, a certain level of quality and integrity, that's another big word in relationship to everything they do, their processes and their products and their services, uh, top-notch quality. I think it's uh, top-notch quality is also a, a translation of elevation, like spiritual elegance. I believe that companies that have something to say, they must be well-translated in the sea of companies that are completely unconscious and not doing good and doing harm to the body, to the planet. But in, in our notion of these companies, we need to create advertising that really communicates the real good, what they really do. Some of the examples that I of companies that I work with is cosmetics that are sustainable and that are completely fully 100% natural a natural medicine i have a few clients that are in the realm of natural medicine that make unbelievable things to the body that create incredible health shifts to the body all natural so these are these are some examples thank you i want to ask you like did did your choice to be going into a micro niche like conscious companies. And was that something that created a turning point in your business? And if so, like what was the turning point? Oh, that's a really good question because this is a really good question. Actually, I'm just thinking, and it has to do with something I want to bring up here. I don't know if it's in one of your questions, but when I had my company and I was working I liked working with conscious companies, but I would work with other companies as well. So if another company that was not so aligned with my values would come, I would work with them. But I believe that there is something energetic that happens when you position yourself. And when I say position yourself, is like when you tell to yourself who you are, who you want to work with, and this is your values and you want to people that are aligned with your values there is something that happens that shifts your point of attraction so you start attracting those companies and i started attracting companies that when i positioned myself as a company that 
only works with conscious brands, I started getting a lot of traction and a lot of, how do you say, uh, a lot of uh, clients started indicating other clients because I started really specializing. My method is very unorthodox. It's not uh, something that you can get an agency, an agency to do because I have the background of big advertising agencies, but I have another background that is more connected to the human and to the spirit. And I believe there is a lot of fear of uh, saying things that people call, there are some words that they kill the essence of the thing that you're trying to describe. And this is where I think I am a little bit politically incorrect. And I love to be politically incorrect because I'm, I'm saying the truth. Some words are used to describe things. That, and at some point, it's so used that that thing lost completely the value. This is something that I encourage my clients to be aware of jargons. Jargons, you go into being like a commodity. You're not yourself. You are like everybody else. So the turning point is uh, happened when I decided that I, you know, you have to be gutsy to do this because I had to say no to companies that were bigger, bigger than the ones I was working. So what you're going to say, what are you going to do? Are you going to be aligned or are you going to keep? But I have to say, when I said no to a big company, two other companies that were bigger, <laughs> that were conscious showed up and I believe in taking a stand. And to me, the idea of positioning is positioning is taking a stand, taking a stand for, and I'm talking about positioning because positioning is what I do. I think positioning is the key is positioning is the key. When you stand up for something, for a cause or for an idea, People fly, flock to you like bees to honey. When you stand for something, you will have people that are not going to be agreeing with you and the people that are going to be agreeing with you. But the people that agree with you, they really agree with you. They want to follow you. They want to come after you because you were gutsy enough to stand for your beliefs. I love it. You have this expertise of finding this alignment in businesses and uh, some even call you misalignment because you you have this skill of of saying no when a client wants to do something that's not aligned with their uh, usp their unique selling proposition what exactly how would you you know define usp and the power of it i'm so glad you asked this question and i'm going to continue being a little bit politically incorrect it's not really politically incorrect. I just happen to have a very strong opinion about this. The idea of USP is exactly what I mentioned to you about jargons. USP is a jargon. So I don't do USP. I don't do niche, niching or USP. For me, when you first learn about this word, you see the word spelled U dot s dot p for me the way i work my unorthodox method i would describe usp as you 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 
Y-O-U-S-P. Because nobody can take from you. Your you-ness, nobody can take from you. So you might be doing something that so-and-so is doing or so other people are doing. Nobody's going to be doing the way you're doing and nobody's going to be being you the same way you are. So you can be selling something that somebody else is also doing. However, that person is not you. That's how I bring the idea of, I don't even say USP, that doesn't exist for me. But for me, what is different about you or anyone that is listening to this podcast, what is different about you is that there is only one you. There is nothing that can beat that. So when you are looking too much at what the competition is doing or what the people that are selling, what they are doing, you are looking at the wrong way because you are a fountain. You are a source of new ideas and you have inside of you a mission. That mission is what you have to focus on. So you help people focus on their you-ness, their you-ness, which is an amazing word uh, combination. Instead of their unique selling proposition, their uniqueness is them. But what if someone is struggling with identifying what they are to this world? How can someone like get to clarity of what is their you-ness? Yeah, I think that a really, really great way and very simple way to define that thing that di- differentiates you from everyone else is what do you feel to do? What do you like to do? What is your deepest desire of doing or helping? And I am talking here with conscious companies that because that's all I do, or conscious entrepreneurs, that's all I do. So the people that are not so connected with the consciousness of the business perhaps are not going to feel so connected to this. But To find your USP, you don't need actually to find. It's just to own. What is it that you really love doing? There is no one that is going to be doing this the way you are doing. So I think that too much preoccupation about what is my this and what is my that and what is... I think that takes the attention off of where it should be, which is your natural source of mission, your natural, why you came here. I think it's more a revealing and owning than a finding. And I know that uh, you also, you know, process, help people not just understand their stories and their beliefs, but you also help them understand their avatar, their, their ideal client. Why is that important to understand that and to define that and research that? Yeah, it's very interesting because one of the things that I teach my clients, because I I teach my clients in uh, group settings and and one-on-one settings, is that one thing that they cannot be, cannot do when they are defining the people they are working with or their their type of uh, thing that they are different is they cannot be modest. Modesty kills the cat, as like I, I like to say, because there is this expression in quantum physics, but modesty kills everything. We are brought up to be modest. So you're not brought up 
to do what I'm telling you to do, which is to own your mission, own the people that you want to work with. Your avatar is nothing else. The best way to find your avatar is like, imagine a person you would love to work with, love to work with. A person that is your fan, that does everything that you say to them, that has results and that raves about you and bring the friends and a person that really idolizes you because they are naturally connect so much with who you are and what you're doing. That is your avatar. And there is no reason to go after finding your avatar because your avatar is a big reflection of you. Wow, it's almost like your avatar is almost like a soulmate for you. You can call a soulmate client. Yeah. And instead of like looking for the ideal client, ideal customer, and trying to define them because they are there, you look at yourself, at your you-ness, and you identify this client that will ideally want to work with you from your standpoint. It's a totally... reversed way yeah yes you do that really well since i first got in touch with your work you do that really well and you do have this part that is human i believe that my work is to humanize businesses and uh, you have already very strong and i really really admire so it's great to be talking with you with somebody that already knows this from from the beginning Thank you. And, but it, it, it's definitely a refreshing, energizing, exciting notion instead of like choosing to work with someone just because they might need you to choose to work with someone because you will, it will be an ideal world if you get to, to do that and, and finding that deep level of understanding of what uh, is that client uh, need and wants. that provides an, a result of people listening to you and understanding what you do. And I think that's the main power of positioning, but not a lot of people actually know of positioning. They think it's like branding. Can you explain to everyone uh, once and for all, what is positioning? Absolutely. Positioning is occupying the space That you came here to occupy. So in a short way, we could say that. So if you're not positioning, if you're not positioning yourself, you're going to be a brand like others. You're going to be a commodity. A commodity is a brand that is, there are hundreds of them. Their prices are leveled by the competition. If the competition lowers the price, they lower the price. If the competition is doing so, they have to do because... So commodities are brands that are looking outside. And the opposite of commodity is a value-based brand. And this is what I do to my clients. I don't create that value. I shine the light in them and they see, they start seeing where their value really is. Because for a An owner of a brand is not so easy to see what you really do. You, we learn to be modest. You know, this world is like, we really learn not to brag, not to be great and not to, to shine. We learn how to be 
humble. And, and I'm not saying it's not really about not being humble, but the modesty part is you're not owning your light. You're not allowing other people to see you as a reflection of source or God or the greatness of the universe. And this is convenient. This is convenient not for us. It's convenient to corporations that want everybody to be the same and not people not to shine so much or to speak too loud. It's almost like conscious companies naturally, because they're so conscious, they already have done some of their work for positioning because they at least know what they believe in. They have a lot of other things to identify, like who is going to be a customer that they will be ideally working with. And, but I want to wrap up with, like finish this interview. We could talk for hours on this. What do you think a business should do first? Should they like identify their uniqueness, their uniqueness in them? Should they like do the positioning move? Or should they first find a niche of people that are ideal for them, but that is their niche? What do you think? Oh, I may turn this, this question to you. Let's put it this way. Before you go talk to somebody, you have to know what you're talking to them. And before you know what you're talking to them, you have to know who you are. So does it make sense that first you have to know who you are, right? The UNEF. And then you can position something because you first you have to find who you're going to position, what you're positioning. And then, only then, you can extend the call to that person that you're going to assist or help or serve. Does it make sense? It does. And basically what you're saying is that finding your uniqueness makes finding your niche way, way easier. And if you find your niche first, and then find out that your uniqueness is not aligned with that niche, then you need to switch a niche. Adri and Gotti, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing with us your unorthodox approach that is focused on helping conscious companies, companies that actually care about humans and about people, about this world. And you help them have a voice. You put them in a position where they are well positioned to actually grow. And some of the results that you've achieved uh, through your unique system are just astounding, like growing a business to a seven-figure business in mere months, like eight months. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Where can people go to learn more about you? Yeah, I can send you the, my URL, but it's, you see the name Conscious Companies? Instead of Conscious Companies, you put an I in front. And so the first four letters are icon. So iconsciouscompanies.com. And uh, how clever because you do help people in business become the icon in their field. Love it. Uh, thank you so much, Adri. We'll put a link in the show notes to, for iconscious companies. If you want to become an icon in your field and you are a conscious company, then you should uh, go check that out. Thank you, everyone. And see you next week in the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast. This show was brought to you by dailycookie.co, where you can finally feel supported. Daily email love, now delegatable. 
Visit dailycookie.co for a collection of free resources on how to use copywriting and daily emails to grow your micro-niche business today.